This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode number 85. You guys, our new series is here. This is the first episode of our new Q&A series. We put out a call to everyone who receives our emails. Every Thursday, we send an email with a question from our Facebook group that we answer and give examples, language we can be using with these tiny humans and how to navigate these real life circumstances. And our email crew got access to a little form to fill out if they wanted to be a potential guest on the podcast. They submitted the biggest topic for them, and that now we're choosing folks and narrowing it down and doing these interviews. And this is the very first one. April joined me to talk about coping. April's been in our village for a little while. She did sleep consulting with us. She's in Tiny Humans Big Emotions, and she's a rock star. She asks questions all the time in our DMs or on Instagram and in our Facebook group. She's really active and is working really stinking hard to show up with intention. And it was truly an honor for me to get to sit down and look at her face in a video call and record this episode together with her. April, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and for getting vulnerable and real as Ashton was writing this blog. Ashton listens to the episodes and writes the blog post for folks who prefer to read the blog than tune in. As she finished it, she texted me and was like, oh my gosh, I learned so much from this episode. I cannot wait for the rest of these episodes from this series. So thank you, April, for sharing your biggest parenting questions so that everyone can learn together. You guys, our next live workshop for Tiny Humans Big Emotions is on Wednesday. We are chatting about mindful morning routines and evening routines. Like, how do you get out the door? 
How do you come back in so that these little snippets of the day aren't just like a disaster that you're trying to survive? Instead, how do we set up mindful morning and evening routines, especially as you're getting back into the flow of the new school year, new season? What does this look like? How do you maintain schedules on weekends? How do we navigate all this jazz? So this Wednesday, September 11th, I'm going live in our Tiny Humans Big Emotions workshop. If you're not a Tiny Humans Big Emotions member and you want access to this, come join us. You can sign up for $15 at tinyhumansbigemotions.com. And you also get access to the past workshops on things like co-parenting and responding to tantrums to build emotional intelligence or how to tackle anxiety. Head on over to tinyhumansbigemotions.com to join the membership, sign up before Wednesday to get access to this live workshop. All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey everybody, today I'm here with April. April has been a part of this village for a long time. April, when did you find Seed? Oh goodness, I started following you probably at least two years ago. Yeah, I think right um, at the beginning. Yeah, and then I had my sleep consult in February, so that's when I got more active, but it's been a little while. Yeah, you've been in this village for a hot minute, and, and very actively. I love it. I feel like I know you. <laughs> yes, I agree. Ditto. <laughs> April, where are you coming from? Where's home? Um, I live in Amarillo, Texas, which is in the panhandle of Texas, so the northern part of Texas. I've lived here almost my whole life. Awesome. Went to college down south, but here are the rest. Sweet. Can you tell us a little bit about your family unit and yourself? Yes. So um, I am 38 years old, and um, my husband, Brad, and I have been married about six years, and we have a three-year-old daughter, Quinn. Um, and now that's just us, the three of us. I love it. I also feel like I know Quinn at this point. Yes. (laughs) Ask a lot of questions about her. So I love it. I'm here for it. I'm, I've always like my whole life been the kid with my hand in the air. That's like, um, actually I have another question. And, and that's exactly what this episode is all about. The whole point of this series is to provide a space where people can just ask me their questions uh, as if we're sitting down to coffee. So Let's dive in. What is your first big parenting question? Okay. So I really had, when you were talking about, is it your mother-in-law? There was like, yeah, you know, it's okay to have these feelings, but as soon as you have these feelings, she tries to fix it. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that would be me for sure. Um, so I really struggle with knowing when to let her have a hard feeling, how long I can let her have a hard feeling. Um, you know, when she wants a coping mechanism, how long do I let her do that before I want to shift into a strategy? Um, so, you know, that's basically my, my big one. 
Yeah. So it's a great question. And it's huge because knowing that we want to let them feel and letting them feel are two totally different things. Mm-hmm. And I, the biggest thing I want to pay attention to here is what it looks like when we're turning to coping strategies versus mechanisms. You okay. nail on the head that like, when we're turning to a strategy, it will take longer usually, and a kid will feel something longer than if we have a mechanism at hand because a mechanism numbs it, right? So it, like kind of immediately we can stop feeling, mm-hmm. which is so dangerous, right? Like this mm-hmm. is how we end up saying like, oh, I just want a glass of wine because we just want to numb it. We just want to stop feeling and I am here for a glass of wine, let me tell you. But my goal is that we are having a glass of wine when we're calm and not having a glass of wine to feel calm. Okay. And that's the big difference I want to look at with kids too. Not necessarily with a glass of wine, fingers crossed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever the mechanism is, whether it's a screen or it's a distraction mm-hmm. or food or you know, whatever we're turning to here, that we're saying... I, it's okay to have those things when Mm -hmm. we're calm. Okay. Not to feel calm. So when we're looking at the strategy, say you're going to offer her a hug Mm -hmm. and we are trying to stay away from maybe a mechanism in this instance, it's okay to snuggle her. And usually you'll get to the point where you feel that like, where like they calm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like that for me is like game on. We made it. We got to this point. Like, this is great. Sometimes we have the time for that. And sometimes. Right. Yes, exactly. So when we have the time for it, great. Right. Like if you are playing or you have a spare 20 minutes jokes, no one ever has a spare 20 minutes. (laughs) Right. It's, it's different if you're like, all right, we have to get out the door because we're going to work or school than it is mm-hmm. if you're like, all right, we are at the playground and this is really inconvenient and I don't want it happening in public, but I do actually have the time to work through this. Does that okay. make sense? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Because oftentimes I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll give you a hug, but I can't give you a hug for, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. We have to proceed. And so, yeah, that's hard. Cause I'm like, okay. So of course I fix it because I need to get out the door. And then I'm like, no, that's not the right thing to do. (laughs) It's so hard though. It's so hard, sister. So when you are, say you're trying to get out the door and you're like, okay, I can give this kid a hug for a minute or two. Then you can give the hug. And while you're hugging, you can say, oh, this is so nice. And I love hugging you to feel calm. It's almost time to leave. So we can snuggle for another minute and then we're going to have to get shoes on and get out the door or whatever it is, letting them know, like, this is really nice. And we're going to get out the door. We can talk about it more in the car. Okay. What if that, then she starts crying again or getting more upset. Mm-hmm. Did we just keep on, keep it on just while she's like screaming on your, in your arms. Yes. Yeah. Um, then if she's screaming, then I would say, Oh, I know you're really upset. Would you like to put your shoes on or should I? Okay. And we're okay. just going to keep going. Through. She's going to be in the middle of it. She's probably not going to put her own shoes on or whatever it is to get out the door. And at which point, like you might just be carrying a kicking, screaming kid out the door. And I empathize like have for sure pulled kicking screaming children away from a lot of different scenarios 
it's zero percent fun and ultimately in the car we're going to strap them in and head on the road and we in these instances want to say as little as possible oh we often are like over talking here oh mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure yeah <laughs> yeah does that resonate yes <laughs> yes it does this show is sponsored by better help being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. So we'll often be like, we're going to get, we're going to get to school. You're going to have so much fun. Like we're going to X, Y, and Z. And we fill this space now with so many words to try and make ourselves feel better. And <laughs> like that nodding. Uh -huh. uh, and in real life, what I would love for us to do is to put that kid in the car and, and essentially be quiet. Actually, last week I had a three-year-old who was staying with us and I shared on my Instagram stories that she uh, threw a giant tantrum as we were leaving her dad and we had to like hold her down, which always sucks when you're like holding a kid down to like strap her into the car seat. And ultimately her dad was like, are you in a rush? Like, do you have to, I was like, no, but I think no matter when we do this, this is going to be the outcome when we mm -hmm. say goodbye. And so we got her into the car. It was not fun. She's screaming, said goodbye to dad real quick. We're driving away. And now we're driving away and the only thing I said, she scream cried for 10 minutes in the car, which feels like a billion years. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I said in that time period was, oh, it's really hard to say goodbye to people that we love. I'm here to help you feel calm when you're ready. Wow. Okay. 
I definitely, yes, I do not do that very often. Okay, be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my first ever Tiny Moons Big Emotions I ever did, it, it was actually like by happenstance, this mom's group, someone reached out from this mom's group and was like, all of us kind of hate our three-year-olds and we don't know what to do about it. And can you come help us? And so we just had like wine and cheese and nibbles and hung out and talked and it ended up evolving into what's now Tiny Humans Big Emotions. And yeah, and it ended up, it was supposed to be an hour and a half. It was three hours long. Like we just dove in deep, but the like overarching message from this group was talk, but less. Ah, like way less than we're talking now. We have to be talking in the moment. Okay. Cool. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's Absolutely. so hard. And see, and that's how I feel like I try to fix it because even if I, I feel like if I'm empathizing with her, I'm like, oh no, that counts as fixing it. Cause I'm like, oh no, I know it's, it's okay to be sad. And I'm sad sometimes too, or I'm scared sometimes too. And then I'm like, wait, am I fixing it? No. Okay. You're empathizing. That's great. Okay. Empathizing. Anytime we're saying like, I know how this feels, you're empathizing, you're connecting. And that's okay. great. The fixing, it would be like, we're, you're going to have so much fun at school. You don't have to be sad. Yes. Like you're going to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. Is that so empathizing? Sense? Okay. But not letting her know that things are about to get better because you get to eat, have a snack or, okay. Mm-hmm, exactly. Exactly. Because then in the moment, what we're saying is like, you don't have to feel sad because you're going to be happy soon. Yes. Okay. Got it. Makes Uh, sense. All right. Next question. Okay. What if the hard feeling is directly related to something I did that I shouldn't have done? Um, Let's say I raised my voice or I, you know, just made a parenting mistake. And I was like, oh, of course she has a hard feeling because I did something that I shouldn't have done. Of course, I want to fix it because I was like, mm, totally my fault. If I hadn't have done it, this wouldn't be happening. Let me fix it. Yeah. Awesome. You can fix it here. Okay. Um, and here's what that looks like. First of all, cheers to you for like the vulnerability about I made a mistake because we all do it all the time and it's going to keep happening, right? So mm-hmm. if we keep expecting ourselves to be perfect or to not make mistakes, we're going to continuously feel like we're not doing a good enough job. So cheers to you there. And in terms of like, how do we then respond? Once you realize like, oh man, I lost my cool and I yelled or whatever, then you can turn and say, oh, I'm really sorry. I got really frustrated and I yelled. Would you like a hug? And then we can talk about it when we're calm. Then you're just like going into back to, I'm going to help you feel calm because right now if she's having a hard feeling because whether you triggered it or not, she's in the amygdala, the feelings brain. And we want to help get her to the prefrontal cortex, your like rational thinking brain before we even talk about it. Okay. Uh, okay. That makes me feel better because I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have to make her sit in it if it's my fault. Yeah. And you don't have to like, we, I never want to like make kids sit in it. I always want to like offer that coping strategy to help them feel calm, but you can validate before we, before she's even calm that like, man, I made a mistake and like, I'm really sorry. I would love to talk about it when you're calm. Would you like a hug or whatever the coping strategy is going to be? And then when she's calm, you can say, man, I was feeling really frustrated. Next time I'm gonna try and walk away to take a deep breath or uh, whatever it's going to be. Also in the moment, we, I want to note that like, I'll give you an example. Last week with that three-year-old here, she asked if she could watch another show. She had just finished a show 
and asked if she'd watch another and I said no mm-hmm. and turned off the TV and so then she started scream crying and is scream crying and also when she would scream cry she would yell things like no don't do that it literally sounds like I'm like beating her and I'm like I am in another <laughs> room right like <laughs> right um so even like what she was yelling I was like finding myself feeling triggered by because I'm like I'm not hurting her um but anyway so she's like scream crying and, and yelling about not getting what she wants here mm-hmm. and so I validated for her it's really hard to stop when you're enjoying watching something and asked how I could help her feel calm and offered two coping strategies. She said, go away. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to give you space. I'm going to be in my room reading a book so that I can feel calm. When you're ready, come on in. And then when she was like scream crying and it was escalating whatever I popped back in and was like would you like a snuggle to feel calm and she was like no go away and I was like okay I'm gonna be in my room reading a book and went through that same thing again and just let her know like I'm gonna give you space but still was like checking in if you do need support or you need me like I will be here and uh then afterwards when it's all said and done and she's done with the expression and she's calm now she was like I I didn't like that you were reading a book and I was like, oh, you didn't like that I left you alone or you didn't like that I was calm. And mm. she was like, I didn't like that you were not mad. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it is hard when you're feeling mad and you feel like the other person isn't there with you. Right, right. And so I think it's worth noting that if you are in this and you know, like, man, I'm going to lose my cool. I have to walk away. Yes. It might escalate for them. Okay. And it's okay. Right. Like she, uh, and I told her, I was like, I know it's really hard when you're feeling mad and I'm feeling calm and it feels like, I don't know what you're feeling. And I was like, it's so important that I can stay calm so that I can help you when you're feeling mad. So I had to take some space and read my book so I could be calm. Okay. And what I'm also then modeling for her is that I'm doing this coping strategy. I'm doing this thing to help myself feel calm. Okay. That makes sense. Absolutely. Total Uh, sense. But she might get mad when you walk away. Okay. (laughs) I got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's right. (laughs) Oh man, it's hard. It takes so so much practice. (laughs) Um, So I really struggle with when she says she's scared. And, you know, sometimes I legitimately think, okay, at night, I'm scared of the shadow or I'm scared of, you know, and I think, okay, she's truly scared. Am I allowed to remove whatever object she says she's being scared of? Or do I need to just say, hey, you know, that's a stuffed animal. There's nothing to be scared of. Or am I allowed to help her? Yeah. Good question. Awesome question here. Uh, real quick, do you, ha- is, is fear hard for you to process? Like, would you say that you struggle with anxiety? Oh, I definitely struggle with anxiety. Okay. For sure. So that's exactly, anxiety is that fear is fear is hard to process. Just means we get stuck in fear. We're like afraid of whatever it is. And so this could also end up being not shocking that this is a hard one for you to support Mm. her in if it's something that you're struggling with too. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So here's the thing. There was really cool research that came out of Yale just this spring about supporting kiddos with anxiety, which again is just fancy word for fear. So when we're looking at when kids are afraid of something, 
uh, how do we best support them? And it looked at uh, medication, it looked at therapy, and it looked at parent support. And parent support was overwhelmingly the most effective thing we could do, which I think is really cool because it means if we give parents these tools, we can reduce the rate of anxiety, both I think in parenthood and in kids, which is at an all-time high right now. Mm-hmm. So when kids are feeling afraid, one of the biggest things that came out of this research was saying that What we want to make sure that we're not doing is taking away the thing that's making them feel afraid or making sure that they're not feeling it. What we want to do is Ah. teach them, what do you do when you're feeling afraid? Okay. So if they're like, oh, I'm too scared to go to the bathroom by myself because I don't want to be alone, then I would say, oh, when you go in there, if you're feeling scared, what could you do to help your body feel calm? Instead of, okay, I'll come with you. Right. Does that make sense? Which would be the easier. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, a for thousand sure. percent easier. And then we just become their coping mechanism, which makes it so that they don't feel the fear. Yes. And instead, I want to ask them, what can you do if you're feeling this? Similarly to like, it, because ultimately they're going to feel fear and you won't be there. And mm-hmm. I want them to know, oh, when I'm feeling afraid, here's what I do so that I can feel calm so that I can make a rational decision, so that I can go back to rational thought. Does that make sense? Uh uh So like when we as adults are spiking anxiety, it's because we are not in our rational thinking brain. We're just feeling. Okay. And that's why like sometimes when you're outside of it, you can say like, well, rationally, I know that they are safe at school. But in the moment when I drop them off, I feel like, they're going to, all the bad things are going to happen, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're going to fall. They're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to hurt their feelings. All these things that are going to happen that we can go into like, and now I'm anxious because we're just feeling. And my whole goal with all of this, all the time, all the things is when we're having feel a hard feeling specifically, and we're in our amygdala, how do we get to the prefrontal cortex? And that's where the coping strategies come in is like, What can you do to find your calm, which really is saying, what can you do to get to your prefrontal cortex? What can you do to get to a place where you can rationally think about this? Okay. That makes sense. So, well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. 
Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Yes, so scary, scary stuffed animal. You just say, you just disregard the stuffed animal. You don't move it. You just say, what can you do to make your body feel safe or calm? Yeah. So if they're like, oh, I'm so scared of that stuffed animal, I would say, oh man, I can see that you're really scared or I can hear that you're really scared. What can you do to feel calm so we could talk about it? Okay. Do you want a hug? Would you like some deep, should we take some deep breaths together? Do you want to draw a picture? Giving them those choices, I like to give them two. But what can you do to feel calm? Not like I'm going to take the stuffed animal away so you don't feel scared. But what can you do to feel calm? And then we get them to the calm place. And in doing that, we're teaching them it's okay to feel afraid. You have tools that can help you feel calm. And then when they're calm, we talk about it. And then when they're calm, if we decide they don't really like that stuffed animal there, they want to move it, cool, whatever. Ah, okay. Once they're calm and we're talking about it. Perfect. Perfect. I was getting ready to go to a conference as a teacher in early childhood when a mom, a friend of mine was like, man, I wish I could go learn all of those things too. And I was like, dang it. I wish that too. I wish there was like a conference for parents where you could step back away from kiddos for a minute and build your toolbox and look at what you need to help you be the parent you want to be. Teachers and professionals in early childhood do this all the time, right? Like we take a pause and we look at areas that we need to build on and we learn more, we dive deeper so that we can be the teachers that we want to be. And so I'm creating this for moms. First off, mamas, taking a break and stepping back can give you such amazing perspective. And to do that whilst also building your toolbox, yeah, dude, I said whilst, it's one of my new favy words. It can just be incredible to then be able to go back to your house, not just feeling like, okay, man, I took a weekend away and I'm feeling refreshed just to feel right back in the same spot on Monday afternoon or Tuesday at the latest, but instead to go back with new tools that you can implement to try and help that burnout from creeping in to give you confidence in your parenthood journey. And at the same time, you get to connect with other mamas who are right there with you. Come join us at Mama's Getaway Weekend in Gloucester, Massachusetts in October. Go snag your ticket right now at mamasgetaway.com. I cannot wait to hug you in real life. See you there, sis. Okay, I think just one more question. You're doing so great at answering all these. Uh, I have less questions now. You're answering before I ask. So what if the child has a hard feeling and you're empathizing and then someone else in the room is like, oh, no, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, So that's another, if they're not on the same page as you. Yeah. And they're kind of discounting that really annoying first of all yes (laughs) especially when you are working so dang hard to be intentional to do this work and to be like oh and now I have to teach this adult in the room too or I'm being undermined by this adult in the room 
And to be honest, it's going to happen. It's going to happen all the time. I worked at a, a center and I had a boss who would do this. I'm like, dude, you are so Wait. like, this is our work. And hard feelings made him feel uncomfortable. And so he would kind of be like, oh, do, do we need something in here? I hear it crying. And I'm like, yeah, they're mad. <laughs> well, they're, I'm okay with the fact that they're crying right now. And I need mm-hmm. you to be okay with it. Um, it's really, really, really hard. So first and foremost, I want to look at like, is this a one-off or is this someone who's going to consistently be in their life? I would say, so it's a, the example I got was from my friend and she her son was scared about going to his first day of school. And she was like, yes, you know, empathizing. I understand, you know, it's going to be different. You haven't been here before. Mm-hmm. And um, her father, who is very much in the, in the child's life was like, Oh, it'll be okay. You're going to have fun. You're going to meet your friends. And so she didn't quite know how to handle that. Yeah. So in that, in the exact moment, I would step in and still advocate for your kid here. Like, Oh, you probably will have fun and it's okay if you're feeling nervous right now. Okay. Sometimes when I do new things, I feel nervous too. If you're at school and I would just kind of come and like take that uh, conversation back, you okay. can still validate for the other adult, like their point, like, yeah, you might have fun when you're there and it's okay if right now you're feeling X, Y, and Z. And then you can go right into the emotion coaching when you're at school. If you're feeling nervous and I'm not there, what could you do to help your body feel calm? And you can have this conversation. So you're modeling for this other adult who may or may not do this. Like they may still turn to old habits because that's what our body's designed to do. So our brain is designed to say like, what's comfortable is our go-to and what's comfortable is usually what we know. And especially if we're looking generationally, like my parents, for instance, have had decades more of doing the same thing over and over and what they're used to and comfortable with and what has become their habits are so ingrained and it's not going to change overnight. Even Mm -hmm. if the, even if this happened and my mom was there and she had been the one who said this, even if she saw it and was like, Oh, like that makes sense. And if she even agreed with it, it's still, we know from like putting this into practice, it's so hard to do in the moment that you're going to fall back on old habits and things like that. Even if you are doing this work. Mm -hmm. And so I want to like give a little grace for other folks who don't know any of this yet. They don't have mm-hmm. this toolbox. And what they know is, Ooh, this kid's hard feelings make me feel uncomfortable. I just want to let them know they will be fine. And maybe then they won't feel something hard. Right. Right. Perfect. Uh, what if it happened in public? Like what if you were at a restaurant and gosh, you know, we're in the South. So people are, yeah. um, <laughs> people may be different and yes, yeah. they, they feel like it's okay for them to uh, say things to strangers or, <laughs> It happens everywhere, sister. Okay. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Then I would still, same thing. Like you can acknowledge what they said and let your kiddo know. And it's okay if right now you're feeling really angry about this. Okay. And and, and go back to emotion coaching. And then if it's somebody who is going to be consistently in this child's life, like in the case of your friend and her dad, then she can outside of the kid in that instance, say to her dad, like, I know you really want him to not feel uncomfortable and I know that you love him and you just want him to feel happy about school. I want that too. I want to let him know that it's also okay if he's feeling nervous and here's something that we're working on 
if mm-hmm. you want to do this with us, cool. If not, I just want to handle these conversations. Okay, great. And it, just to like be straightforward and, and empathizing with like, it's coming from a place of love. It's Absolutely. coming from a place of like, I don't want this kid to feel something hard and I know they will be okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think oftentimes what we can see is this like us versus them that happens where we then end up in a battle of like, well, I parented three of you and y'all came out fine and look at this. Like, I know what I'm doing. And the like, okay, well, I'm trying to do this differently because I was parented by you and I grew up with some of this crap and it's not working for me now. Right. Right. We can get in this battle. And I think a much healthier way to go about it is the empathizing of like, I know exactly where you're coming from. Like, I also don't want them to feel this hard thing. And I know they will be okay. Here's what we're doing and why. You can yes. get on board or not, but I'm going to, this is how we're handling it, essentially. Perfect. I well, just need the confidence now it's to so say hard. that. <laughs> well, and it, it's so hard because everybody, everybody is questioning their choices all the time. Right? Yes. Like, everybody's like, did I do this right? is this, is this what I was supposed to say? And then when somebody else comes in and undermines it, it can add to that insecurity you already have. Yes. And the more you practice this and the more confident you get in it, and the more you keep seeing these results that come from it, the more, the like easier it'll get to show up with confidence. That makes sense. Great. Absolutely. Perfect sense. Any other questions for me? Oh my goodness. Not that I can think of. You did such a great job. You answered <laughs> you them before. You job. answered them before I even, before I even had any more questions. Good. That's awesome. I think this is this is awesome, awesome, tangible tips about really like coping in the moment and outside of that. Like getting comfortable with the uncomfortable is so huge. Yes, <laughs> I need that. That's my mantra. I need that as a, like a tattoo. Yeah, same sister. <laughs> Somebody once told me, it was a mantra that I used that I had on a post-it note for a while. That was like, if you're uncomfortable, you're growing. I was like, yes, like I need that. That reminds yes. me, like, this is okay to feel. Writing that down now. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so, so glad you're in our village. Thank you for raising Quinn with such intention. Thank you for providing us with so many things, so many tools. I, I Honestly, you've changed my parenting style completely, and I could not be more thankful, really, truly. You're so sweet. I'm so glad you're here, sister. And I will connect with you more over in our Facebook group and on the gram. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, April. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook, search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 